Hello, Iterative Marketers. Welcome to the Iterative Marketing Podcast, where each week we give marketers and entrepreneurs actionable ideas, techniques, and examples to improve your marketing results. If you want notes and links to the resources discussed on the show, sign up to get them emailed to you each week at iterativemarketing.net. There you'll also find the Iterative Marketing blog and our community LinkedIn group where you can share ideas and ask questions of your fellow Iterative Marketers. Now let's dive into the show. Hello and welcome to the Iterative Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Robinson, and with me as always is the gone way too long Elizabeth Aaron. How are you doing today, Elizabeth? I'm well. It's nice to see you. It is nice to see you. We've we've been in touch via phone here, but we haven't sat down to record in, in quite a while. It, it's, it has been a while, yes. So for our listeners who do not know or did not know, um, uh, I had a baby. Um, we hadn't made the announcement yet on the podcast because we thought we had a little extra time before the baby got here, but she decided to come early. So um, she is uh, she came about six weeks early, um, but we're both uh, out of the hospital and doing fine. And I now have a beautiful four months old baby girl. And she is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, we decided we weren't going to do the the whole. We're gonna make sure when, if you're walking around the room, you've got a pillow in front of you, and <laughs> and I because you're already only shot from here up anyway. So, uh, well, I thought uh, I thought we had some more time. We had a, we had a solid plan in place. She just decided to to come a little early. So. Yeah, so I want to apologize to our audience for the little gap we had here. We tried to get as many episodes in the can as possible, but uh, best laid plans didn't uh, <laughs> didn't align with with uh, with Mother Nature. And uh, all that really matters, though, is uh, is that there is a an, another beautiful Aaron in this world, and uh, we get to come back and do this again. So. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to be back. I've missed I've missed our podcast, so um, I'm excited to see what we're talking about today. So uh, I thought today um, uh, we would talk about diversity and personas. Uh, we had something come up uh, over at Brilliant Metrics that that brought this this topic to mind and and really started a dialogue with a client and internally in a in a completely different way. As you know, Elizabeth, we we would regularly get asked um, about diversity within our personas. Should our personas be more diverse? Right. Yeah, and it was it was you know we always kind of steered away from that because you want to limit the number of personas you have. If you have too many personas, then you kind of get muddled in those details. And and now you're trying to create new content and new collateral and, and all of these new components for so many different people and it becomes unmanageable. Yeah. And and our standard response was your persona should match your audience. So Mm -hmm. if your audience is not diverse, then don't try and make your personas diverse. Um, And that, that line really held up right up until it didn't and so i thought we would uh we'd talk through through how that happened and uh and talk through our reasoning for our for our standard line and and how that might change in the future um so what was the standard line that we gave everyone well the standard line was the 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 persona should match the gender and ethnicity of the majority of the segment that it's trying to reach and and there were a couple reasons for this 
So the first reason is has to do with cognitive dissonance. And we've talked about this in, in past episodes, but it's when two ideas don't fit well together. And a great example of this when we're talking about personas is that if we are uh, uh, documenting the persona for a plant manager um, and 90% of the plant managers managers are male, but then we create a persona for Julia, a female, that doesn't that doesn't necessarily make sense. And then what happens is that we get so focused on the fact that we're now talking about this woman, Julia, when we're typically interacting with males, that it starts to sort of get in the way of, of, of just naturally being able to identify with this person. Yeah, there's a, there are kind of two levels of our brain, right? There's the conscious brain, the one that we work hard to think with, and then there's the, the more um, innate, uh, emotionally driven um, animal type of brain. And, and our goal with personas is to be able to tap into that more animal type of brain, that more emotionally driven, empathy driven part of the brain. And when you have something that that makes you think like this is the wrong gender for what I know, or this is the wrong ethnicity for what I know about this particular person, then it gets in the way of that that more guttural part of your brain being able to to empathize with that persona and 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 pretend that's a real person which is what you want you want to trick your brain into thinking that that julia is real yeah and this happens all the time i mean i can't tell you how many times we've sat in meetings with sales teams and and they've brought this up and they're like well but that's not who it is that's not who we're talking to um Mm -hmm. and so this is a, a real problem that that organizations deal with in their persona development process there's a second reason why why it's dangerous to make your persona um a minority in in within that targeting targeted audience, whether it's by gender, race, or even some other even geography, like if they don't live where they're supposed to live. Um, but especially when it comes to gender and race, because if 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 you make your persona a minority, then when you are empathizing with that persona, it comes with a lot of other. I don't, I don't. I hesitate to use the word baggage, but with a lot of other facets to that 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 persona, right? If and, an example would be, and I didn't know this until I, I looked up the stat, but um, uh, veterinary professionals are eighty six percent white and eighty one percent female, right? So if I create a persona named Bruce, who's a black male veterinary professional, um, and I know that audience, which I didn't until I looked up that stat. Um, I would know that that Bruce is a minority. Bruce stands out. And along with that, I start to attach a whole lot of other ideas to Bruce, right? So you'd be focusing on things like gender and racial barriers um, rather than uh, maybe some of the other things that would be associated with Sarah, who's our typical veterinarian that we see. Yeah, he be, Bruce becomes a trailblazer. He becomes a bold, determined individual who is who is willing to buck the stereotypes, and 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 it's not just limited to to uh, veterinarians. I mean, this happens in a lot of professions. If you can think about what it would be like if you created a persona for a a a non-white or non-male coal mine worker or a a female sheet metal worker. Um, it, it, even even male nurses. I mean, you start to when you get inside the head of what it's like to be in a profession that 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 you don't match. You start to carry with all the empathy of what it must be like to be a minority and face some discrimination or face just being the odd one out. Well, our personas document 
um, you know, fears and wants and desires. And so when you are looking at those minority personalities when uh, or personas, when you are looking at the male nurse, he's going to necessarily have different aspirations or he may have different fears mm -hmm. or different experiences that have led to that. And so this has been our standard line. Um, but that, that last thing that you talked about, about some of those different fears and different aspirations and, and, and some of those, that additional um, uh, uh, texture that comes with that particular persona, um, sometimes that's what we need. And I think that's what came up with this particular client. I'm not going to mention who it is because it's, it, it's it, obviously diversity is delicate and it's a delicate industry. But um, uh, I think when we get back from the charity break, we'll, we'll dive into why sometimes you do want the extra facets that come along with that minority persona. And so with that, let's, let's go help some people. Before we continue, I'd like to take a quick moment to ask you iterative marketers a small but meaningful favor and ask that you give a few dollars to a charity that's important to one of our own. This week's charitable cause was sent in by an anonymous listener from California. They ask that you make a contribution to Donors Choose, an organization helping public school teachers get funding for materials and experiences that will help their students learn. Right now, there are thousands of classroom requests that you can help bring life to with a gift of any amount. Learn more at donorschoose.org or visit the link in the show notes. If you would like to submit your cause for consideration for our next podcast, please visit iterativemarketing.net slash podcast and click the share a cause button. We love sharing causes that are important to you. And we're back. Okay, so back to the story at the beginning. We have this client that come along that that basically changes up our standard line, right? And and I'll uh, I'll fill I'll fill in a little bit here because Elizabeth, obviously, you're not you're not there interacting with this client. So, um, for starters, um, this client's a membership organization, so uh, that changes things right there. We're now marketing to try and bring members into the ranks and engage members within the ranks. Secondarily, diversity happens to be a major initiative, both for membership and also for the industry at large that they represent. And so um, this kind of changes the game um, about what it might mean to create personas that are, are, are focusing attention on the majority of the audience. Well, it, it, you know, with one of their, their goals being diversity, not recognizing and not acknowledging those minority personalities is going to keep them from being able to accomplish their goals because they're going to be stuck in, you know, designing marketing materials and collateral and messaging that is fits that general population as opposed to these minority populations that they want to go after more. Yeah, they could even create materials that inadvertently make minorities feel uncomfortable that could send exactly the, the, the opposite message that they want to. And obviously it would be anything that they do consciously, but by focusing to cater to that audience, they could end up sabotaging their own diversity initiatives. At the same time, though, if they focus on the personas, the minority personas, then they can, um, uh, you know, actually create messaging that doesn't apply to the the original audience or the the audience they had the original personas designed for as well correct yeah and maybe maybe not so much push away the original personas but focus in on the wrong psychographic tendencies the wrong issues again to bring back to your point earlier the, the, the a minority 
within within an industry, particularly a profession that that is primarily you know male when they're female or female when they're male or black when they're white, um, that that creates its own set of of psychographics. It creates its own set of of diversity, frustrations, aspirations, um, uh, 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 attitudes, feelings. And so if your marketing messaging is catering to those frustrations, aspirations, and feelings, you might be missing the shared frustrations, the shared aspirations, the shared feelings among both the minority audience and the majority audience because you're stepping over those to get to the, the, the more uh, stronger emotions that, that you would identify with a minority audience. So, and I, I think I know the answer to this question, but what's the solution? Well, I, I know we're huge advocates for as few personas as possible, but I think that this is the instance where you need to actually have a second set of personas. I don't know. What do you think? Um, you know, I, yes. And I think the, the key here is, is coming back and really looking at what the organization's objectives are um, and looking at, at the organization, the makeup of the organization um, and, and having that conversation and acknowledging that there are differences um, by creating one majority and one minority um, specifically in those areas where diversity is is something that they're trying to work on. I think that's the only way they're going to be able to to meet those goals and objectives. Yeah, and, and, and then the way that I, that I see us using these is, you know, build for the majority audience and have that persona front of mind because you can't have more than one persona front of mind while you're doing your work. It just doesn't work. Build for the majority audience and then set that, set that persona aside and then pull out your minority persona and then go back through everything you did from the perspective of that minority persona as if you were embodying him or her. And then take a look at, at the experience that you're creating and making make sure that it is equally or maybe even slightly better for that minority persona along the path. But that it's solving the pain points, it's meeting the needs, it's it's addressing the the, 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 the desires, wants, or frustrations of the majority audience first. So let me ask you this. If we I want to make sure I understand. So we'll design it to our our um, majority persona. And then uh, we'll come back and we'll double check that collateral against our minority persona. Now, if there's something there that doesn't doesn't jive with our minority persona, are you saying that we should revise the collateral, or are you saying that we should create new collateral? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I think it depends on 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 your goals and your budget. I think it depends on if you can do it in an authentic way that's not pandering um then yes if you have a diversity initiatives i think that it makes sense to to go ahead and create a second set of 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 collateral if you feel that's the best course of action and you can't just go back and revise the initial yeah and i would actually caution about revising revising the initial um not saying that it can't be done but be wary of revising it so much that now you've got such a generic message that it's not actually speaking to anyone because i could see that potentially going this this happening in this scenario it, it it's interesting it almost paints a a a whole other layer onto the problem because um, by creating uh, two messages, um, are you losing the opportunity to um, drive acceptance and, and push for 
um, push those diversity initiatives a little bit into your majority audience too, right? And exactly. And I think though, this is, this is just a perfect example of why we need personas because we're trying to get inside of the heads of such different groups of people um, and find that message that resonates with them. And it's not as simple as, you know, a checkbox. It's not, you know, this isn't um, one of those decision trees that you're just like, if it's yes, then you go here. And if it's no, you go here. This is where your experience as a marketer is going to come into play and you're going to to test and then use the data you gather to figure out what the right, the right way to go is. For those of you that aren't watching on video right now, um, you can I can see Steve's mind working here you can just I can see the gears turning that I've <laughs> I've, I've asked you a question that uh that maybe you hadn't considered and and um I, I have a feeling there's going to be a a lot of new ideas that come out of this so that was fun to watch yeah yeah <laughs> so uh, the, where where is this applicable because again we don't want to create more personas than we have to so we don't want to be go go and create minority personas all over the place so where where i'll tell you where i think but i'm curious where you where do you think this is applicable elizabeth so i think um when we talk uh, specifically with sort of how this started with a membership organization um i think it's a great place for it to start but i think there's other opportunities too um recruitment marketing i think would be would be a great example um hr departments are starting to use personas to craft job descriptions and they're using that to to help identify which of those resumes are going to be the best fit for the company and not only that but to use those personas to help figure out what sort of environment do we want to create what does our culture look like and and how can we use that to pull in the right candidates to attract the right people and so in those cases i could i could see this potentially working because if you're trying to diversify your workforce um you know you're going to see some some differences in what may be attracting people to that specific job or even even your organization yeah and i think it also comes into play with existing team members as well so or existing employees if you're if you're doing some employer branding or some facet of your marketing is going to be hitting the 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 audience of your existing employee base, um, and you see this a lot in larger organizations, then um, obviously diversity is 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 top of mind for your own employees. So in that case, um, there may be a very good use case for creating a minority persona. That makes sense. I have another question that just popped in my head. So when we're talking about these minority personas that we would be creating, are we taking our majority persona and then just tweaking the fears and aspirations section? Or is this an entirely different persona? Well, I think day in the life is largely going to be the same. I think um, background is largely going to be the same. I think um, the key differences are, are, are really going to come into those and in, in, into play in the psychographics. I, I think that that's, that's really where it comes out in, 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 you know, fears, wants, desires, needs. Um, but certainly if, I mean, it also needs to be accurate. So uh, if you, if you look at this persona and you say, well, no, it's actually not like that if you're you know a minority in this particular field then um you'd want to change that and i think most of what we've been talking about has been b2b but i, I think there, there are plenty of b2c use cases as well 
Yeah, it's just, I think it's just interesting. Sorry, my mind's turning right now. I think it's interesting too because a lot of times when we're sitting in these persona development meetings, we do um, a lot of those discussions get held up by, you know, what is their background and and some of the um, the color that we're adding to make them, uh, you know, real to us. And um, really, the the key takeaway here is those psychographics is what we really want to be focusing on to make sure that we're meeting their needs and we're talking to them about something that they've got an interest and a passion about. And at the same time, you really only want to change them when it overshadows the basic psychographics of that, that the, the majority persona. And that's not going to happen everywhere. And it's not, not even going to happen all that often, I would think. But um, you can't tell me being a female or minority coal mine worker that, that you approach work every day exactly the same as your, as your white male counterpart. It, it's, it's, there, there, there's there's a difference there well thank you for that divergence yeah let's 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 summarize what we talked about today and and the, the few conclusions we did come to although i think uh i think i speak for both of us when i say our heads are still spinning a little bit on this um but i think um one of the key things is the the next time you build out your uh, persona know your numbers and 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 know for sure whether you're even talking about a minority audience in the first place. Um, and uh, I threw out a couple of statistics today. We'll link to some resources in the show notes. Um, there's a really cool site I stumbled on called datausa.io. And then, of course, the Bureau of Labels, Labor and Statistics publishes all of, of their stats as well. And you can really dive, dive into um, at least uh, gender and racial um, uh, diversity and, and percentages there. And that's a great place to start when, you, when you're when you just getting started on your persona development and, and trying to figure that out and compare that to your own audience or, or customer segments. If your personas also support recruitment, like staffing or a membership organization, um, like we discussed today, um, or they overlap with any sort of diversity initiatives, uh, then you're going to want to make sure that you explore that minority persona in addition to your majority persona. Um, it's it's always important, as Steve mentioned earlier, that you are designing your collateral to, to with one specific person in mind, and then using that to to double check as you move forward. Yeah, and that's the key. It's a it's a double check. So build with that majority in mind, and then come back and check with the minority, unless you're you're specifically building something targeted at that minority audience, as you as you suggested might be valuable in some cases. So with that, I want to thank everyone for taking the time to, uh, to join us today. And uh, until next time, onward and upward. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube or your favorite podcast directory. If you want notes and links to resources discussed on the show, sign up to get them emailed to you each week at iterativemarketing.net. There, you'll also find the Iterative Marketing blog and our community LinkedIn group where you can share ideas and ask questions of your fellow Iterative Marketers. You can also follow us on Twitter. Our username is at I-T-E-R, the number 8, I-V-E, or email us at podcast at iterativemarketing.net. The Iterative Marketing Podcast is a production of Brilliant Metrics, a consultancy helping brands and agencies rid the world of marketing waste. Our producer is Heather Ullman with transcription assistance from Emily Bechtel. Our music is by Seastock Audio Music Production and Sound Design. You can check them out at seastockaudio.com. We'll see you next week. Until then, onward and upward.